A vicious crime wave has hit New York City. At the center of it is the evil Shredder and the Foot Clan. The city needs a hero. In fact, it needs four. Their names are Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael, and they are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm Connor Zagari. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome to the new and improved Filmgasm podcast. We're recording this way in advance, and odds are it will come out on a Wednesday. We're excited to embark on the next phase of Filmgasm Productions. What better way to start than with an action cult classic like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? First up, a bit about the new structure of the show. If you've been listening to our content for a while now, you'll know we've changed some stuff up. Basically, our new structure will be a bit of a Frankenstein version of our three previous shows. We'll have the opening question and production info from Filmgasm, the personal awards from Oscar Sunday, and we'll end with the What's in the Box segment from Beyond the Bad. So this is what we're going to be doing going forward. If this turns out to be released in July or August, and we've been doing this for months and you're well aware of this, we apologize. But to us, this is like one of the first ones we're recording. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Colton, this was your pick. Uh, why'd, you, why'd you bring this to the show? Why Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Um, I just want to apologize before we get started for picking this movie. So what happened was you said that we were changing the formula and I got pretty excited and into it. And like every single time I like text my dad and I'm like, oh, I'm going to record a new podcast. He's like, oh, you should do this movie. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. So this time I told him, I was like, hey, I get to pick this time. And within like three seconds, he said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to watch that movie again. I haven't seen that in so long. And as I was watching it again, I realized why I haven't seen it in so long. Um, So I'm very sorry. (laughs) I liked this movie a lot more when I was younger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a crapshoot sometimes. As I said, you know, before we started recording, nostalgia can bite you in the ass. Uh, I have never really been all that familiar with the Ninja Turtles. I, uh, I saw the 2014 one when it came out and I wasn't that jazzed. Apart from that, I really didn't have much. I knew some names. I knew what they looked like. I knew they liked pizza, and that's about it. That's that's all you need to know. <laughs> I liked that one. Um, I just don't really like. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a huge Michael Bay fan, but that's just me. I think that's most of most people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember the backlash when they were casting a white actor as shredder and the fans were like no he's japanese so they like <laughs> they reshot the movie around william fickner so he was no longer shredder and they added in a shredder no yeah that movie's a a, a hodgepodge of, of bad decisions for the most part at least this uh, one had a vision that stayed pretty consistent from beginning to end it might not have been the best vision but they had one yeah I, but I also feel like this movie does, it definitely has like a certain charm to it. Because there's no way you can make a live action Ninja Turtle movie and like make it gritty, I feel like. If, if you're going to go live action, it's it's going to be campy and cheesy. There's a, there's a graphic novel 
<clears throat> called The Last Ronin. It's like all the other Ninja Turtles except except Michelangelo. I think he's the last one. Everyone else dies, and it's like in the future. And he like hears his brother's voices. And that's like really dark and gritty. It's like really good. But there's no way that that could be live action. It could definitely be like animated, but there's no way. Could you see a man in like a fucking turtle suit doing that? I don't think so. <laughs> why why turtles? Like it the whole turtle thing is just ridiculous. <laughs> like why did you I know I'm, you know, beating a dead horse here. This has been around way longer than I have. I'm not going to change any minds here. If you like the Ninja Turtles, I imagine you're pretty dead set in your ways and kind of used to people shitting on them like this. So yeah. there you go. You know, I'm going to say my piece, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sway anyone here. Ah, <laughs> oh. that is a good question. Why turtles out of all the animals to choose as ninjas, superheroes, he chose turtles. It's almost like the creators of the comic, like ran out of time. They were, you know, they were at the deadline. They were like, we don't have an idea for a new hero. We need something. And they looked around and like maybe they were across the street from a pet store and there were like four turtles and a rat in the window. And they're like, all right, I think I got something. <laughs> yeah. And that was next to like a ninja emporium or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Do you think like frogs would have been better? I Teenage Mutant Ninja Frogs. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, giant amphibians as ninjas just for me is <laughs> stupid. Why not just ninjas? Why do they, why they got to be turtles? You know what it kind of reminds reminds me of? Have you seen the edits of SpongeBob SquarePants as an anime? <laughs> no. Okay, you got to look it up when we're done recording. It's just it's someone made an episode of SpongeBob, but it's like anime, like it's over dramatic. There's like really weird fight scenes. You gotta watch it. It's it's pretty funny. I just watched Batman Ninja like two days ago. Oh. It was a, a an anime style Batman movie where like Batman and all of his allies and enemies get sucked into a time machine and end up in feudal Japan. And mm. it was god awful. Like the, the plot was terrible. The characters <laughs> didn't make any damn sense. Batman was a fucking idiot. But it looked gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's the ninja thing, you know. There's a movie where Batman meets the Ninja Turtles. I'm gonna have to watch that now. Um no joke, no sarcasm. That's really fucking good. Really? Yeah, like really good. Well, okay. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> uh so my question to start this out, I'm curious, what do you think it is about the Ninja Turtles that has made it such a successful film and TV franchise. I mean, this thing has lasted five theatrical released movies, a number of TV shows, video games, action figures, comic books that continue to this day. And it's about four giant fucking turtles. So like, what do you think it is? Like, what's the X factor here? I think, I think it's because one, there is literally nothing else like Ninja Turtles. The fact that you have to ask why turtles and like, oh, this is about four giant fucking turtles. What's the big deal? That's the big deal. They're ninjas as turtles. And another big part is they're all relatable in their own different ways. The fact that they all, it's its them together as brothers. The way that they all like talk to each other, act around each other, um, their sarcasm. And just the fact that they're goofy teenagers and they 
as goofy as it is, they have a, a huge responsibility. Like they they didn't choose this; it was kind of just handed to them. And all they want to do is play video games and eat pizza. But they have like the Foot Clan to kill or an alien race to take down. You know, I think that's why it's 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 been able to carry on as long as it has because they're relatable and there is literally nothing like it. That's yeah, fair enough. That's yeah, that's a good point. That dude Krang, who was like the bubblegum looking thing in the, yeah. the bigger guy's stomach, was he an alien? Yeah. Okay. I I saw a couple episodes of the cartoon when I was a kid. And then Krang and that rhinoceros guy. Uh I, I don't know if the I don't know if the rhinoceros is Bebop or Rocksteady. Bebop and Rock yeah, those are the two guys. I I know see all I got is names. I got names, but I don't have details. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, the new movie looks really good, though. I'm really excited about that. I like the cast. I think it's a really yeah. impressive voice cast, but I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll see it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, good point. Yeah, I mean, there is there is nothing like this. else. Nothing else like this on the market. This is if you want your, you know, if you like ninjas who happen to be teenagers and mutant turtles this is pretty much right up your alley yeah. you know yeah. it's it's like nostalgia just crammed into one ip like there's nothing more late 80s early 90s than fucking giant turtles eating pizza skateboarding being like cowabunga dude yeah there's nothing like it I just find that whole personality so obnoxious already. <laughs> so like when you throw that into a, the body of a eight foot tall turtle, I'm I'm just like, I'm out. I'm checked out. <laughs> what was your reaction when you said, what movie do you want to do? And I said, 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I Basically, if you had told me in person, I don't know if I would have been able to hide my contempt. <laughs> but on text, I was like, neat. LOL, gonna be great because I didn't want to. I don't want to put you down because it was like your first time picking a movie, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be like, no, we're not doing that. Oh man! I immediately texted Austin and was like, dude, you got to do Ninja Turtle. This is my last film gasm podcast. <laughs> and then I put it on, and I was like, just. I, I kept trying to be like, okay, here's, I'm going to block it, erase all of the negative thoughts but that are creating a five foot barrier between my brain and the TV. Just block those out, focus. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> On the filmgasm scale, I gave this a four. <laughs> You know, people love it. People love it. This was a huge success. I mean, you know, it led to a bunch of sequels, just made this thing more popular. Yeah. And, you know, I like 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 my like my thoughts matter to that. It doesn't. It's just, you know, my two cents. That's all this show is. This is our two cents. Uh. <laughs> what what is your your teenage mutant ninja turtles? What's something that like other people hate, but you're like, oh, come on, it's so good. That's a good question. Uh, 
It would have to be that um, that movie that scared the shit out of me. Evolution, two thousand one. <laughs> that movie did it bombed. Everyone kind of hates it. Every time I bring it up to someone, they've seen it. They're like, "Really?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. Trust me on this." Six years old, blue monkey. It was formative. I promise. And I got. I still love that movie to this day. But I, I've everyone I've talked to about it is either like they're on board as intense as I am, or they're like, "You're an idiot." So I, yeah, I, I understand that to an extent. We've all got something that is personal, you know, that we love that other people just can't stand. And whenever we try to, you know, use it as a bridge for like friendship, there's always a chance. It's like, is this going to break this friendship or is this going to like empower the friendship? Yeah. And usually it's empowering because, you know, you don't want to be with friends with people who just shit on the stuff you love. (laughs) At least I try to do it gently. You can you can you can shit on this all you want. I promise. Well, good because if I couldn't, we wouldn't have much of an episode today. <laughs> it's okay. I, I like I enjoy this movie as a. I think it's charming and, in enjoyable to an extent. But there are so many times I rolled my eyes in this movie. Yeah, fair enough. And it is 1990 with yeah. a pretty small budget, so they're not gonna, you know, this is not gonna be an award-winning action fantasy here like you're gonna get you know foam costumes and like half of a ninja costume and a red t-shirt yeah i don't even like the foot clan costume is so stupid even for 1990 i was not i was surprised to see sam rockwell randomly as like yeah that was weird ninja thug number five or something reminded me of galaxy quest where he's like you know i'm just career man number six yeah that was cool. So this movie has an Oscar-winning actor in it. Yeah. <laughs> Never would have thought that shit. <laughs> uh, so a little backstory on the Ninja Turtles. Uh, the TMNT, as they are called shorthand, were first created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird in 1984. The franchise began as a comic book, evolved into a highly successful toy line, then a beloved animated series, and then a successful series of films. Back in the 80s, if you wanted to if you wanted a Saturday morning cartoon, you had to sell toys. You sold mm-hmm. toys, you got your cartoon. We saw that when we did Masters of the Universe a long time ago. You know, He-Man the, the toy led to He-Man the cartoon, which led to He-Man the movie, and then we didn't see He-Man again for like 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought this was neat. Eastman and Laird's origin for the turtles kind of piggybacked off of Daredevil's origin story. Huh. Apparently, they, uh, the artist was, this, was the same guy who was drawing Daredevil and was drawing the turtles. So they did a little Easter egg. The radioactive material that blinded Matt Murdock and turned him into Daredevil seeped down into the sewers of New York City and dripped onto four turtles and a rat. The, this can't be confirmed because Daredevil and the turtles were owned by different companies, but sort of an open secret amongst the like comic book artist community. Like, yeah. That same radioactive shit made Daredevil and, and the turtles. That's funny. Hey, and you know, uh, Batman and the Ninja Turtles are canonically now in the same universe. So, you know, (laughs) how come it, you know, it just blinded Matt Murdock and enhanced his senses. It didn't turn him into like a 20 foot tall dude. (laughs) Turtle power. Teenage Mutant Ninja Murdock. (laughs) It kind of made him a ninja. Well, Stick made him a ninja. He didn't just become a ninja after getting blasted with radioactive waste. 
They both wear bandanas. <laughs> Fair enough. I do love that, though. Apparently, like, comic book artists used to freelance for various companies, so they would draw, like, Superman flying in the background of an Avengers comic or, like, the <laughs> Justice League, but, like, the Hall of Justice in the background of a Spider-Man comic. Just Not, like, canonically, but just a little, little tease. Little and I wish the films did that, but they the studios hate each other so insanely now. So that's never going to happen. That would be so funny. That'd be great if just, you know, in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like you just see like, you know, Superman fly in the background and like wink at the camera. And they're like, who was that? It's like, ah, oh, just another Kryptonian. Pay it no mind. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Uh, the success of the G.I. Joe, He-Man, and Transformers toy lines into animated series prompted the Turtles to receive the same treatment. The first animated series debuted in 1987, lasted almost a decade. There have been many other TMNT animated series since. There seems to be a new one every two or three years or so. And there's usually a different style of animation, but a fairly similar storyline. You know, you got Shredder, you got Krang, you got Bebop, you got Rocksteady, and your occasional Monster of the Week. Hmm. The CGI one, I think it started, I don't, I don't know when it started, but it was on Nickelodeon. That one is fucking top tier. As is the one that started before that one, the 2D animated one. Those TV shows are so fucking good. I would put them on the same level as Teen Titans. Maybe not the new one, but the 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 2D one. Oh my god, it was so good. I remember that one. I think that, that was on Cartoon Network. Like when I was a kid, I think I, I remember so. that. Yeah. Yeah. Even then I was like, I'm I'm gonna watch Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, anytime it was on, I'm like, nah. <laughs> I've never been attracted to the turtles in any capacity. That's fine. I I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying not to not to like hurt anyone here because I know I've got you know people are gonna listen to this and come after me, Caleb. So I'm <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic, but it's not easy. <laughs> they even they even have like their own universe, like the MCU. There's there's a Ninja Turtle thing called Ninja Turtles Forever, when like. The 80s Ninja Turtles went into the same universe as uh, as the 2D animated ones, and then a couple Turtles from the future. They all came together, and it was fucking great. They did a fucking Into the Turtleverse? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah they did. It was it was wonderful. There was even the Ninja Turtles from the comic book were in there, and they were black and white. Okay, that's kind of cool. I'll, I'll yeah. give it that. That's, that's neat. <laughs> It'd be cool if the live-action 1990 Turtles showed up, too. <laughs> you get you could shove Corey Feldman into one of those now. I'm sure he'll do it for a for a fee. <laughs> Probably. Uh, the first Ninja Turtles movie was released in 1990 to mixed critical success, but insanely big financial success. The film combined aspects of the early comic books with elements from the animated series to create something that attempted to appeal to fans of both. The turtle costumes were created by Muppets creator Jim Henson, who claimed they were the most advanced costumes he'd ever designed. A little foam rubber, a little fiberglass, and you've got a walking, talking ninja turtle with a mouth that moves and eyes that look realistic. I will give the film props. The costume design is pretty on point. It is. I just, again, I know it's it's a product of its time, so I'm not going to judge it, but it was really hard to like, like, um, when Raphael was upset, he was like, he was like, Splinter! It, like, his eyes didn't move. His face, their faces are expressionless. 
So <laughs> just their mouths open and close. So it's really hard to get any emotion from like any of them. But I will say, I think the voice actors they did a they they did a good enough job with what they were given. I think. Yeah, I'll give you that. My one of my biggest problems, and this might just be exclusive to the movie because it's all I've seen. I have a hard time differentiating the turtles. Like, yeah, their individual personalities don't really shine through in this movie. I'm sure they do elsewhere. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't be this beloved. But to me, they were all pretty much just the same, like surfer dude there was no variation they're definitely more identifiable in like the animated movies and i will give props to the michael bay film they definitely all looked very different because they all had different costumes everything but fun fact for you uh when the comic book first started they all had red red bandanas they didn't have different colors they just had like i think their initial on their belt or something but then like this people had the same problem or maybe it was for the cartoon they had to like give them different colored bandanas because people couldn't tell who was who. Yeah, that's definitely a, a flaw in the comic book. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't, you know, if the Justice League were all wearing the same costume oh with like initials on the mask, you'd get irritated because you'd be confused <laughs> yeah. and constantly trying to like, who the hell is this? The colored masks immediately you're like, oh, that's Donatello or that's Leonardo. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How was that not the first thing they did when they came up with the comic book? Jesus Christ. That's amazing. <laughs> did you also know that their weapons are special too? For uh, it's based on their personality. Oh, is that so? Yeah. So Splinter, when he was training the turtles, he wanted to give them each a weapon that mirrors their personality. So, for an example, Donatello is the smart one. He's, you know, he's a genius intellect, whatever, but he has the most simple weapon, um, which is just a stick, just a bow staff. My, uh, Michelangelo is like the hothead, very easily distracted. So he has the most complicated weapon, which is the nunchucks. Raphael is very aggressive and angry. So Psy, they're actually defensive weapons to teach him to kind of hold back a little bit. And then Leonardo is very calm and a leader. So he has the most deadly weapons which is the two katanas hmm. fun fact for you there that's that's neat i like that somebody actually thought this through yeah you like it a little more now yeah not really but you know i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for you i'm happy you you got something here because it does feel like this was clobbered together at the last second but it yeah. apparently wasn't <laughs> no it still was shredder's name is shredder because the person who designed his costume looks like a cheese grater oh <sighs> The name Splinter come from like a guy stepped on a piece of wood and was like, this Splinter's driving me insane. Wait a minute. I don't know what Splinter came from, but um, that doesn't really scream like ancient martial arts instructor to me. Yeah. Why is the rat Japanese is a question I was asking myself quite often. Oh, because his he, his owner was a martial arts instructor from Japan. It, so that's one version. Another version is Splinter is a martial arts instructor who got turned into a rat. I like that makes more sense than a rat was just picking up Japanese styled English. <laughs> he was he was doing that and he's in the fucking cage mimicking his master's movements. Fuck no. <laughs> oh boy. Uh I found this interesting. No major studio wanted to produce the film. They figured this was going to fail after uh 1987's masters of the universe the last live action 
based on a toy, which was also a cartoon movie that failed horribly. So every studio was like, nope, this is going to be masters of the universe again. We're not taking a chance on this. Yeah. But masters of the universe sucked. Well, I, okay. I guess, I guess this movie also sucked, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, thankfully small independent production company, new line cinema took a chance on the film because they were, you know, they were the little studio that could back in the day. They'd been given a new life with a nightmare on Elm street. So they thought, give these turtles a shot and once again gold that's funny new line cinema i love that back in the day they were like the little art house b horror studio that nobody respected and then they had elm street and ninja turtles and they were like you know fat kid (laughs) on the block being like come on what do you got (laughs) what's the what's the what's the new uh horror company now a a20 a24 a24 yeah and they're, you know, they, I'm getting a little tired of this elevated horror bullshit. Like, just yeah. make a scary movie or make a drama. Stop trying to cheat us. Yeah. Same. <laughs> but they have their moments. You know, they got Hereditary. They got The Witch. They got The Lighthouse. But they've also got yeah. Men and St. Maud. And those movies can go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of strong feelings towards A24, as you can tell. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't like a misleading trailer. And if you're going to make a, you're going to market a horror movie and then give me a drama, I want my money back. Or I want, I want you to admit that you made a drama. Stop acting yes. like you made a special horror movie for the people who are going to get it. Like, oh, fuck so it. annoying. I hated, I don't know if it was A24, but I hated Mother. That might have been A24. I'm not sure. Jennifer Lawrence. I fucking hated that movie. And then I also, um, I really hope Bo is Scared is good. Bo is Afraid? Yeah. yeah Bo is Afraid. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Ari Aster for me is, is one for two. I did not like Midsommar. Yeah. So I'm hoping this one is better. You know, it's got Joaquin, so I know it's going to be weird as shit. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I might, again, it's like, do I want to, how many times am I going to keep making this mistake? How many times am I going to go see these movies and then be <laughs> yeah. upset? At this point, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt with uh, Knock at the Cabin because I, I, I was like, fuck, I don't want to go see this and it'd be shitty. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, this is really fucking good. I know. I was, I was shocked too. I'm like, this is not bad. I liked, I like Knock at the Cabin. God. Uh, maybe it's well. I guess if this comes out later on the line, hopefully you fucking seen this movie now. But um, I really liked that they didn't fake you out at the end. It was straight up the world is ending. And I like that too. But I also like just to be a prick. I would have. I would have faked him. I would have really? had it. I would have had it look like you know there was going to be an end of the world, and then you know nothing happened. Or I, I would have done something where like everybody lost. Just because it felt like it was going to be that kind of movie where like yeah. a couple people were dead, the world might end anyway, and they were just lucky or something. I don't know. But it was good. It was definitely better than M. Night's recent output. And uh, he's already started production or started early development on his next one. So, yeah. If he has one hit every three or four flops, he'll keep making movies. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. What he's going to do in the future. Yeah. Um, music video director Steve Barron would direct the film. He'd also direct Coneheads and the 1998 Merlin miniseries, as well as a shit ton more music videos. And I love Merlin. That 1998 miniseries is, to me, the definitive version of King Arthur on the big screen. Is it, is it a miniseries? I thought it was like a full-blown TV show. No, it's a, it's a three-episode miniseries. It amounts to about a four- 
maybe a little under four hour long movie. If, if you watched it all at once, I love it to death. Sam Neill is Merlin. It is such a cool story. It's the whole, it's the story of King Arthur through the eyes of Merlin. Am I, am I thinking of the right one? Is there a dragon in it? I think you're thinking of the BBC series, Merlin, which yeah. that was okay. a TV show. This was years <laughs> okay. before that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 I was like, I'm pretty sure that was a long running TV show. This aired on the Hallmark channel and amazingly was really good. The Hallmark channel. I know you wouldn't think like Merlin on TV on the Hallmark channel would suck, but this was good. They make some pretty good Christmas movies. I don't know. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter was Morgan Le Fay. Miranda Richardson was the queen of the fairies. Queen Mab oh, cool. was like the bad guy. Uh, they did. They went into the whole like Arthur versus Mordred thing. Rutger Hauer was King Vortigan. Like they got some talent behind that thing. It was really good. Did you? That sounds like um, not a lot of people like it, but the uh, I think FX did it. It was a Christmas Carol. But it was, I think it had Guy Pierce in it. I remember, really I didn't see that, it. but I remember that advertise. It looked intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. I don't watch a lot of miniseries, but I had this one on tape as a kid, and I just was like, oh, this is awesome. Oh, it's it's that old. Yeah, it's 1998. Like, I, I had this on tape when I was a kid. Oh, and damn. I didn't watch it. I have it on DVD now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, technology. I'm trying to find a Blu-ray. I will. I will find it. I'm sure they'll make one. Uh, and Coneheads is funny too. I I think Coneheads is goofy, but in a good way. It's stupid, but it's fun. Coneheads, I just every time I think of Coneheads, I think of the scene where he's like, they go to the dentist and they're like, oh, he wants his teeth capped. How many? All of them, and they're like razor sharp teeth, like six rows of them. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing about Coneheads is how everybody just rolls with it nobody thinks it's weird that they have cone heads or that they speak weird everyone's just like oh okay welcome to the neighborhood like that's my favorite thing about that movie is nobody yeah. reacts at all <laughs> yeah yeah um the cast for tmnt included judith hogue as april o'neill elias codius as casey jones and the voice talents of Corey feldman brian Tochi, Robbie Rist, and Josh Pice as the Turtles. Uh, I remember Judith Hogue as the mom from Halloween Town. You ever see that? Yes. Okay, that's why she looks familiar. Yeah, I was like, I know this face. It was Halloween Town. The mom who's like, I'm a witch too, but my kids will never be witches because magic is bad. Now stop celebrating Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, apparently uh, she didn't. She didn't care for this. She was very difficult on set, so they didn't invite her back for part two. Uh, yeah, she was invited for back for part two of Halloween Town. <laughs> <laughs> Did she? <laughs> oh my god! Were were the voice actors? This probably not. They weren't in the suits, were they? No, it was different people in the suits, and then Corey Feldman and the other guys were in a safe little vo- recording booth. Not a care in the world. Guy who played Shredder, he was also dubbed over because no. Yeah, it was not. It was a guy who was playing Shredder and then a guy who was playing Shredder's voice. Which ADR, I, I found very upsetting. It was like, just let the guy talk. Why Why you got to do this to Shredder? Wait, why? I have no idea. I got another. And apparently the guy who played Splinter was fucking Elmo. No way. What? Yeah, the voice actor who played Elmo was also Splinter. He got range. That's interesting. I can see his resume. Oh, I see here played Elmo and Splinter. Splinter? 
I almost got range. <laughs> have you Teenage. seen? So this is way off topic, but have you seen the clip of Elmo on Jimmy Fallon and they're making a salad and he's like balsamic vinaigrette? That's a big word for Elmo. <laughs> Just look up, look up Elmo Jimmy Fallon balsamic vinaigrette. Did you ever see the little uh, outtake from Sesame Street where Julia Louis-Dreyfus swears in front of the Muppets? No. Yeah, she messes up her line and she goes like, shit, under her breath. And she's like, like immediately like, oh my God. And then Elmo's like, you said a dirty word. <laughs> in character? Yeah, in character. Elmo's like, oh, you shouldn't say that here. It was <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> oh God, I got to find that. I got to find it. I want to see, like, my favorite thing is, like, when people, especially, like, on TikTok now, when people take classic childhood characters and imitate their voice and do, like, really awful shit. That's my favorite thing. I want to see, like, an R-rated Sesame Street movie. <laughs> my God, I don't think legally they can do that. Like, yeah, I guess. They just did the Winnie the Pooh thing because it's in public domain, but Sesame Street, waiting for that. <laughs> it's on PBS. I don't think it'll take much to make that public domain. Sesame That's fair, yeah. Oh wait, no, it's on HBO now because they got bought out. Oh yeah, so never mind. That's gonna be tough. <laughs> HBO fights. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has an IMDb score of six point seven and a Rotten Tomato score of forty one percent. Critics consensus reads: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is exactly as advertised. One-liners, brawls, and general silliness. Good for the young at heart, irritating for everyone else. I guess that okay. makes me an old man. Yeah, okay, that's fair. It is exactly what the movie says. Yeah, it's their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you were expecting high art, you're in the wrong place. It's like woman talking. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> I do love movie titles that explain exactly what's going on with no... Yeah wiggle room yep it's like yep that they're ninjas they're turtles they're teenagers and they were probably mutated so yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah those are funny so the film the, sec hmm? the second one's called secret of the use yeah it's like what made them right yeah they find out what the secret of the use is and the third one is called turtles in time they definitely do that too don't watch that one. Which one? I know that in one of them, they like become people. Which one is that? I think that's the second one. Oh, like the ooze turns them back into people. Yeah. Or like, so they were people first? No, they were turtles. But then Go how ahead. does. Yeah. Okay. All right. If yeah, you I'm, not, I'm not going to dig into the lore of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and try to find inconsistencies. I don't have that yeah. kind of done. I was just going to say, if you have any questions, just read the title. Remember what you're watching and then continue. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> the film grossed $202 million on a budget of only $13.5 million, making it the highest grossing independent film ever made. Holy until, shit. Until the Blair Witch Project overtook it in 1999. Yeah, this was New Line Cinema was a little studio. So technically, this was independent production and this was the most successful independent production for nine years unbelievable <laughs> wow that's great man this was the ninth highest grossing film of 1990 what were the other eight 
I know that I know number one was Ghost. Uh, Home Alone, Dances with Wolves, Total Recall. Uh, a weird a weird bunch for 1990. 1990 was an odd film year, you know. Uh, it spawned two direct sequels, Secret of the Use in 91, Turtles in Time in 93. They made an animated sort of sequel in 2007 just called TMNT. And uh, there's a new one coming out. I think it's, what's it called again? Mutant Mayhem. Yeah. Yeah, and that's coming out in August, I think. Yep, it's a prequel, I think. Uh, of course. Yeah. But yes, Shredder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um. With that, let's give some awards out to Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, which is a phrase I never thought I'd ever fucking say. <laughs> so, if you ever listened to Oscar Sunday, you may remember our awards. We've since changed a couple of them to reflect the entirety of film, not just Oscar film. Hmm. We kept the Quentin Tarantino Award for the best line. We have the Thomas Newman Award for the best music moment. We have the Philip Seymour Hoffman Award for the best performance. And we have the John Carpenter Award for the best scene. Uh, so why don't you take it away with uh, your Quentin Tarantino Award, your best line. What did you think was the best line of this movie? So uh, as we discussed before we started recording, every single time, well, every 10 minutes, I had a new favorite line because uh, they they just keep saying shit like, you know, Cowabunga, or when Donatello is like, Bossa Nova, and they're like, what the fuck, what does that mean? And then Casey Jones gets introduced, and, you know, he, he just is one-liner after one-liner after one-liner. Until the very end of the movie, I was going to go with what Splinter says at the end. He says, I've always liked Cowabunga. But I decided not going to do that, because the best line in the movie is when the Domino's guy is late, and Michelangelo says, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for a late pizza. That's the best line in the entire movie. <laughs> I nearly went with that. I nearly wrote that down myself. Uh, but then I thought, you're in New York City. Why in the fuck are you ordering Domino's? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the pizza capital of the world you have great pizza every three feet and you're ordering Domino's. <laughs> yeah oh i remember okay when tmnt came out me and my dad went to go see it and after we were like let's go get pizza and i kept saying let's go get Domino's. let's go get Domino's because that's what they get in the movies they get Domino's. and my dad's like no they get pizza hut so this asshole takes me to pizza hut and it's disgusting because pizza hut is awful <laughs> It was Domino's all along. I love how powerful a, a memory that triggered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I am personally 100% Team Pizza Hut. I despise Domino's. You don't like Pizza Hut? I love Pizza Hut. I hate Domino's. Oh, what? Yeah, I, I think Domino's tastes like ass. I, I like Pizza Hut. Oh my God, what's wrong with you? Okay, wait. Let's, wait. If I have to have fast food pizza, I will 100% go to like an independent good pizza place first. But yes. if I have to go fast food pizza, it's pizza. Yeah, there's a place around here, Grimaldi's. Oh my God, so good. Yeah, not bad. There's a place by my apartment called Pie Society. They know what they're doing. Okay, I, I, got, I got to check that place out because I, I do like me some good pizza. How do you feel about, now this This is a hot take. I know I'm just full of hot takes, um, but... um. How do you feel about Little Caesars? Well, it's hot and ready. 
Thank you. Little Caesars is slept on because Little Caesars doesn't lie to you. It doesn't say like, oh, we use whole organic fresh ingredients. No, it's hot and ready pizza. Do you want it now? Here you go. Five dollars. If you need to pull a pizza party out of your ass in 20 minutes, it's Little Caesars. <laughs> exactly. Little Caesars, when it hits, it hits. If you're sitting there like, man, I really want fucking pizza right now, but you don't want to pay for it, Little Caesars. I have had Little Caesars pizza one time. <laughs> it was, I went, it was a, when I worked at Alamo Draft House, they were going to have a employee appreciation day because we worked so hard during the summer. And instead of, you know, giving us all, a, a raise to a living wage they decided yeah. pizza party yay at like midnight in the middle of the week oh my god a lot of us were coming off of you know full shifts and then we're like pizza party great so i mean it was fun you know i, I hadn't been working that day so i wasn't you know i was fine they got us all a little caesar's pizza and i had tried it and i was like huh this is it's pizza that's for sure <laughs> and no one's disputing that Hold on, doesn't Draft House make pizza? Yeah, but the kitchen was closed because you know everyone had gone home and would have been just cruel to have the chefs at the restaurant make us pizza for yeah, what you appreciation that <laughs> that would have been fucking horrible. Uh, but it was cool. They had in one theater they had a Mario Kart going on the oh. big t- screen, and then another theater they uh they had all the employees vote on a movie to put on, and we went with Step Brothers, so we watched Step Brothers. It was it was actually a really memorable fun night. Good choice. Good choice. Why midnight? Because every because the theater was closed because there was no more movies playing. Like, uh, as soon yeah. as the last movie was over and people like customers had left and the theater was cleaned, the place shut down and it was ours. Nice. That's pretty cool though. Yeah. I that job paid me shit, but it's the only job I've ever had that I missed. I, I love that job. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I love that we've gone, you know, deep into pizza lore on the Ninja Turtles episode. That makes sense. It does. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm glad that we had this conversation. Yeah, me too. Uh, my Tarantino is a, a little exchange from some background characters, because uh, this is the most New York thing I've ever heard. Um, it's when Raphael is like running through the city at night. He jumps over a taxi and the passenger goes, what the heck was that? And the cab driver goes, looked like some sort of a big turtle in a trench coat. And he pauses. He turns back to the guy. You're going to LaGuardia, right? <laughs> Just, yeah, big turtle in a trench coat. Big wolf. It's New York. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. It's funny because that's pretty accurate. I've lived yeah. in New York. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, you could see whatever the fuck, and you're like, eh, it's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I wrote that down immediately because I'm like, that was funny as hell. <laughs> that's a wonderful line. I love that. Yeah, that was good. Um, the Thomas Newman Award for the best music moment. What do you got? The meditation scene, for sure. Because that's the only music moment in the movie. Yeah, the score is kind of, you know, perfectly early 90s goofy. Not really that that yeah. exciting. But, you know, I went with the meditation scene as well, just because the turtles are horrible dancers. And they're yep. just butchering the shit out of tequila. Yeah. Ninja, ninjutsu. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Like, no. <laughs> I will say, I do like the, I don't know, would you call it a theme song? The the theme that plays throughout the movie? I guess, yeah, the the, the score. 
you know, what do you but, think of the the end credits rap turtle power? God, that was just mwah, beautiful. I miss the days where every movie had like an end credits rap. Yeah. Like, I wish we still had that. We had like a heavy metal track at the end of every action movie for a while in the 2000s, action and horror, but I miss the shitty rap song at the end of an 80s movie. Yeah. I mean Mar- Marvel's some like for Black Panther they had Kendrick make a whole album. Well, yeah, but that was good. I'm talking shitty rap. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When it's good, it's great. When it's terrible, it's like lightning in a bottle. Because you're <laughs> like, I can't believe somebody wrote this, produced this, put it in a movie, and nobody once said, this is awful. Gone. When I was when Kung Fu, when I was the age when Kung Fu Panda came out, I thought Kung Fu pa- Fighting was written for Kung Fu Panda. I was like, I was like, wow, this is a really good. And I was everywhere on the radio, and I was like, wow, this is a really good, it's a really good song for a, for a movie. That's great. I I love I love Kung Fu Panda. That's a fun movie. It is, yeah, yeah. I never, I still haven't seen part three. I saw part two and was like, yeah, it's all right. I still got to see part three. I haven't, I, I haven't seen it either. So, um, yeah. So I went with Tequila as well. Best performance, the Philip Seymour Hoffman Award. Who takes the movie? Who earns best performance? Um, this is hard because, like I said before, there's no you can't really judge the turtles acting. It's it's more like voice work. So I was gonna go with Michelangelo just because he, I mean he's my favorite turtle anyway. But <laughs> I think honestly, Casey Jones just with his like douchey one-liners when he's sitting there and he's like what do I say he's like cricket I'll teach you how to play and then fucking beats him with a cricket bat that was cool I honestly I think Casey Jones I think Casey Jones fair enough fair enough I didn't really think anybody was doing their best work in this to be honest uh yeah but I can't not give it out I think that would be Quick side note: I be I would love that the Oscars, if like nobody got a majority vote, and they're just like, "We're not giving it out this year." You all weren't good enough, so moving on. Yeah, but uh, I gave this to David McCharen, who is the voice of Shredder. Mm. Uh, not, I think his name was James Saito, who played body of Shredder. <laughs> who I'm pretty sure probably could have spoken his way through this, but I don't know why they decided yeah. to dub him over. Yeah, I don't know. And if you're going to say, you know, well, he probably had a Japanese accent. Well, guess what? Shredder, fucking Japanese. (laughs) I think that would have been fine. Even even if he just spoke Japanese, that would have been fine. Yeah, seriously. It would have been, yeah, it would have been better, I thought. But the guy who they got voicing over, you know, was doing his his best, you know, Asian Darth Vader thing. And I think he's fine. He's intimidating. I'm like, you know, Shredder's a good bad guy. I don't know why he can't seem to defeat four juvenile turtles. <laughs> the the shows are so much better than the movie. It's so fucking awful watching them fight Shredder. And they're just like, you know, because you can tell they're dudes in costumes. It's, oh, man. Yeah, they're just like, ugh, they have no range of motion because they're yeah. in foam rubber. Exactly. That's... One of the things I don't like about the Shredder in this movie, and this is a weird like nitpick, but you can tell me if I'm wrong, but his helmet looks like a fucking turtle. Or like a dinosaur or something. It looks weird. 
Yeah, I thought that was what they were going for, kind of like an anti-turtle kind of thing. Like he has no, he has a helmet that looks like a turtle, and he has no armor, like no shell. It's yes. just a red shirt. Yes, <laughs> Dude, he's a reverse right turtle. <laughs> I need, I need Google. Let me. Here. Okay. What am I googling? Uh, you need to type in Shredder Ninja Turtles. Uh. 2003. Okay. Shredder Ninja Turtles. Shredder. Shredder. I don't know why I said Shredder. Shredder. <laughs> I have no fucking clue where that came from. Oh, shit. Yeah, he looks pretty badass. I know. He's wearing, like, samurai armor and everything. Yeah, he looks intimidating. So what the why fuck were they Why isn't he eating turtle soup on a nightly basis? Like, how is how's this guy not winning every time? <laughs> Because in the show, the turtles are actually good at fighting. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah. This movie is not the best representation of this franchise. No, <laughs> not at all. But I get that, you know, if you were to judge, you know, Captain America based off the 1990 TV movie they did with J.D. Salinger's kid, everyone yeah. would hate that franchise. Exactly. Or... Oh, I was going to say, or do Space Ghost based Space on Coast to Coast, but I mean, that's basically Space Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The John Carpenter Award for the best scene. What is, what, is, what is the best scene or moment of the movie for you? Um, I kind of kept changing this too because there's so many scenes that were so stupid that I had to go with it. But Oh my god, when they were fighting Shredder and I was getting so annoyed with how bad it was like choreographed choreographed (laughs) how bad it was choreographed but when the scene is when uh, Splinter, he's like fighting Shredder and he's hanging him over the the rooftop. I don't remember what he says but he said something fucking stupid. Oh, he says when you do die, you'll die and then he drops him. (laughs) Or something. He's like, without honor. I thought that was that's the best scene in the movie because that's so fucking stupid. I I agree. I went with the immediate aftermath when Casey Jones just straight up murders Shredder with a fucking trash compactor. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, oh whoops. Like he didn't just crush a man to death. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Okay. I, I'm I'm changing mine because I because my mouth dropped. When he did that, I was like, where the fuck has this violence been this whole movie? Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ, did, what, did Shredder kill his family? Like, why this sudden, <laughs> like, I got to get the kill? And Jesus, I mean, what a way to go. A ninja master, an evil, sadistic w- clan leader thrown off a building by a big rat and crushed by a guy in a with a, with a hockey stick. Yeah. What a way also- to go. I also really like a scene when Raphael first first meets Casey Jones. That that was my runner up. I almost won that, but pretty good. I do like that Raphael's solution is you know big trench coat and a hat. Like nobody looks, yeah. nobody's gonna look at that face and think you're yeah. not human. <laughs> in the in the Fantastic Four movie in the comics, uh, the Thing does exactly the same thing. Yeah, he puts on a big trench coat and a hat, and like no one's gonna see your fucking rock face. I wonder which one would be more alarming. Turtle by a lot. <laughs> yeah, but then you'd be like, oh, you're wearing a, uh, uh, you're a furry. 
Yeah. Okay. Good point. But what would you say? How would you? How would you explain a rock man walking around? Dry skin. Jesus, that's some dry ass skin. <laughs> no amount of lotions clearing that one up. <laughs> some sort of skin disease. I don't know. I don't want to get involved. I would steer clear of both of them. Yeah, I. You know, I. I tend to look people in the eye. And I, if I came across, you know, if I was like working at the bank and, you know, Ben Grimm needed to deposit something, I'd be like, sir, please leave. You're alarming everybody. We all, we can all see you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I didn't really have a lot of, you know, big moments in the movie to pick from. I was more just shocked. Like, oh, we're this PG movie. We're grinding a man to death. Okay. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. You don't see that in a lot of children's movies. No, not at all. Except the Incredibles. There's one where a guy gets grinded to death. Yeah. Twice, actually. Happens twice in that movie. My God, dude. <laughs> um, all right. With that, if you got no more to add, um, let's take a look at what's in the box. Hell yeah. What's in the fucking box? So on this segment, we go to... Uh, film-based social media app and website letterbox.com which we all have accounts for and is very fun and exciting and cool to use and we look at some of the letterbox reviews that are amusing or you know terrible or whatever and just try to get a you know a sense of what people on letterbox are thinking and i it is my goal ultimately to make the co-host laugh so i hope i can make you laugh with these four reviews on letterbox i laugh at everything (laughs) This thing is rocking a 3.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which seems high. Hmm. A lot of love. Very few negative reviews here. Uh, So I found four. This first one's from Hal. The turtles live in the sewer, and even they don't like anchovies on pizza. Hmm. Really makes you think. Anyway, this movie's fun. Three stars. (laughs) They are surrounded by human shit at all times, but anchovies, that's gross. (laughs) (sighs) That was pretty funny. He's like, if you even think about putting one anchovy on this pizza. Yeah. Michelangelo straight up berates the guy at the pizza place and then he stiffs him. <laughs> He's like, clock's ticking, bro. <laughs> I love the guy arguing with a hand coming out of a sewer grate. Like, I couldn't <laughs> find the place. Like, if, New York, man. <laughs> if, if you're delivering a pizza and you're like, what the fuck is this place? And you hear a voice from the subway say, it's down here, dude. I'm not I'm not giving you pizza. I'm walking away. I'm either about to be eaten by a child snatching ghoul or beaten and mugged. Something bad's gonna <laughs> yeah, happen. Here. Exactly. <laughs> uh this next one's from Dara K. Marzipan, and I fucking love this. Pizza Hut engaged in a $20 million marketing campaign tied into the film, despite the fact that Domino's pizza was used as product placement in the film itself. That explains why my dad wanted to go to Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut was marketing. They had, you know, posters and turtle pizza and shit like that. But Domino's is actually in the movie, which is bonkers. (laughs) How does that happen? That's fucking wonderful. (laughs) And they did not rate the movie. They just wanted to share this with the world. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, This next one's from Joe G., a fucking rat does karate, and then the shredder quotes Darth Vader. That's also did not rate the movie. <laughs> uh, 
That is true. He is. He's like, I am your father. Man. Fucking rat does karate. The Shredder. Oh, answer me this. In the cartoon, do you ever see Shredder's face? I don't know. I don't think so. That felt like a big faux pas when he took the mask off in this movie. I, I don't know anything about Shredder, but that felt like we're not supposed to see that. You don't see don't Shredder's know. face. You don't see Cobra Commander's face. Like, these are rules. Let me Google it. No, you do not. I knew it. I knew they fucked up. Yeah, he never takes his mask off. Ugh, and he straight up did. And he's like, you're the rat that hurt my face once. Oh, I love when they try to force a vendetta in movies like this. When, they, when he's like, now I'm going to take your other ear. I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're a ninja warrior and you've got beef with a rat. Yeah. Dude, you can legally kill that thing and no one will care. He memorized the fighting style because he remembered when the rat attacked his face after killing his master. Or his owner. Sorry. Oh my god. Oh, okay. This this last one's from Brett Shutt. I walked out of this movie with a goofy grin on my face and I saw a dad in the lobby theater in a lightsaber duel with his son and it made me realize why we still need movies like this. This is an awkward, goofy, and insane mess of a film and one so childlike and uncynical that it won me over. I still wish filmmakers and showrunners would do a series that has more of the grittier noir turtles or even that IDW series they did a few years ago. Mm. However, for the campy cheese this movie is, it's just such a good time. Jim Henson Creature Shop did the costumes. Come on, this is gold. Three stars. I think that's where my my sentiment for this movie is. That's that's I feel exactly the same way. I would like, because again, same with you, like the Ninja Turtles in the comic books and in the TV show, they get pretty dark and gritty. Like there's some, there's some like Leonardo, he's pretty traumatized. Like he goes, he goes through it, but then you have this movie and it's just so fun and like goofy. So I can understand why people don't like it. I just love his, his review is like, this is great. It's gold three out of five stars. (laughs) Like you, what, what do we got to do to impress you, Brett? (laughs) Oh, and that's what that's what's in the box. That's what I got. <laughs> a lot nice. of love. A lot of love for the turtles. I my stance has not changed. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, I was going to ask, did you at the very beginning of the movie when the Foot Clan is stealing all the shit? How did they get all the shit out of that truck that fast? I just love that this evil ancient ninja clan is engaging in like extremely petty crime in New York City, like yeah. stealing wallets and shit. And this wallets. is a this is a, a crime wave worthy of covering on the news. It took five people to steal one wallet, and then a whole truck was you know all of its stuff was taken out of it, and then some old lady's TV was stolen right in front of her. Yeah, what? What's the what's the goal here? <laughs> There's so many questions I have. Why why children? What's up with their cool skate park hideout? And why does every 90s movie have to have a skate park and the hideout of one of the main characters? Hook had it and now this has it. What is happening? <laughs> or what did happen? 
skate parks. That's what that's what happened. Tony Hawk happened. People were like, oh, this is cool. I like this. So they put it in everything that kids are going to see. Yeah. Like Shredder's hideout. Why is that his hideout? I I just love this whole like, you know, the city is gripped in fear. It needs a hero. It's like, no, it just needs some competent police. <laughs> I'm an ancient, I know the ancient art of ninjutsu. But I also like skateboarding and pinball machines and smoking and beer and teenagers. <laughs> like what? I hate rats. God, do I yeah, hate rats. Exactly. Specifically one rat. <laughs> oh my God, dude. It reminded me a bit of, a. Uh, you ever heard of Jim Cotta? No. It's a, a movie from the 80s starring a uh, an American gymnastics Olympic champion who like was a huge winner at the Olympics. So they tried to make him into a martial arts movie star by creating a gymnastics-based martial arts for him to fight with. But he could only fight if there was a pommel horse nearby. No. It was so... He's like invited to this island. It's like Mortal Kombat, this island where he's going to compete against the world's greatest martial artists. And he's the only one who can... Who can like he's the only master of gym kata, but it's so dangerous that it might kill you. <laughs> and it was just gymnastics with some like kicking some ninjas if they came too close to the pommel horse. Wait, was this this is a real thing or is this a movie? This is a movie. This is a movie. Okay, I was gonna say it's not a real thing, thank God. But it's a it was a movie where they tried to market him as like the next Bruce Lee for gymnastics. Oh my god, that's that's <laughs> fantastic. And the movie's called Jim Kata. Jim Kata. Jim Kata. Look up a trailer. It looks ridiculous, but it's super serious. It's the best part. It's not tongue in cheek. They're they're dead serious about this. Okay. Wow. There's a 17 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh yeah. When we were doing Beyond the Bad, I was gonna try to push for that one, but thankfully now I never have to watch that shit movie. The tagline is a new kind of martial arts combat. The skill of gymnastics. The kill of karate. Jim Kata. <laughs> God, they they were trying so hard. That's beautiful. It it is. I'm glad we have that. This was a blast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or send us a message through the socials. Check out our letterbox accounts for daily reviews. If you search for me at Connor95 and in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. Check out the website, filmgasm.com, where I have a link to that letterbox. You can also find articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of our show. If you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on Support This Podcast. You can choose to donate a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month, and all donations go right back into the show. Thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their contributions. Thanks to Cooley Cow for our awesome theme music. Thanks to you for checking it out. Don't get seduced by any evil ninja clans this week. Take it easy and keep watching movies. See you next time.